The only constant in life is change. I'm sure we've all heard that before, but that doesn't make it any less surprising when change happens. Worse yet, change always seems to come right when we're getting comfortable with how life is going. It almost feels like God shakes things up sometimes to keep us on our toes, but there is a spiritual principle behind change. And since we know that it's inevitable, maybe we should learn how to handle it instead of dreading it. My name is Sydney LaFleur Murphy, and welcome to the Life at Peace podcast. This show is all about tackling the stuff that fuels our everyday demands, doubts, and dysfunction in our perpetual pursuit of peace. Get ready for deep thoughts and challenging topics, all grounded in biblical truth. Enjoy the show. How to deal with change. Now, this is a topic that was actually requested a few weeks ago. I did an Instagram poll. And my, one of my freshmen this year asked me if I would do this topic specifically. So whenever he gets around to listening the, to this, uh, he can know that I heard him and I honored his request and I hope he'll be excited about what I'm about to share. But I won't embarrass him by naming him, but he knows who he is. And this is a very layered, very complex topic, which obviously I will not claim to have the final knowledge or the answer on on that proposed question, but I do want to hit on different aspects that I think will be helpful in processing through change. So where I want to start with this is by talking about the different types of change, because there's so many different kinds, and that will hopefully help the rest of the discussion to make more sense. So starting off, there are self-imposed changes. Now, in this category, we would we would think of the things that we decide to do to better our lives or to improve in some area, to become more well-rounded. So this would include maybe deciding to lose weight, changing your diet, going to bed earlier if you start a new hobby, you want to educate yourself on something. Those are all under the umbrella of self-imposed changes. A few personal examples. My parents decided to switch over to a plant-based lifestyle this year. So that includes, I mean, most commonly that's known as vegan lifestyle. And, you know, I think there's some subtle differences between the two, but either way. So they cut out meat, they cut out dairy, and they are just actually really enjoying it. When they first implemented the changes, of course, it was difficult. There were a lot of sacrifices, a lot of research that had to be done to basically alter the the whole way they'd been eating for 50 plus years. But several months in, they are enjoying it, and they have they tell me that they've got more energy than ever, and they still know how to cook some good food, so, so it worked for them. Uh, for me, I decided a change I decided to make this year was to do morning workouts instead of evening. I just found that in the morning, even though it is sometimes hard to get up and to make myself get up at 5 a.m. or 4.30 some days, I find that starting my day with a workout gives me more energy and it I just like starting my day off that way. As opposed to in the evenings when I come home from work, most of the time I do not want to do a workout. Like I just want to come home, decompress, relax, eat, and then jump into my studies. So so those are just a, you know, a couple of changes that I had off the top of my head that would be under the self-imposed category. Now, a quick note on these, Uh, these types of changes can usually be easier, Uh, they can still be difficult, but I want to say easier than other types because we maintain some element of control when we make these changes. So the change is happening, but it's something that we are, we're allowing ourselves to experience the discomfort because it's something that we brought on ourselves, right? 
Okay, physical changes. That's the next category I have here. Uh, these can be interesting because <laughs> they go in different directions. There's positive physical changes, negative ones. Uh, let's just talk about <laughs> maybe one of the obvious ones is you gain weight over the course of your life. You know, I, I'm already thinking, I, I already know that there are some of my peers that I graduated from college with that a little thicker now <laughs> than we were a few years ago. Uh, just because, you know, life happens and we have to rearrange our priorities. But your metabolism can slow down. Maybe you used to be super active and fit and everything and you, you just burned through every meal that you ate. But then you get older and you're like, uh-oh, uh, that's not really the case anymore. <laughs> you might realize that you can no longer eat certain things. Maybe it's no longer a good idea to go get Buffalo Wild Wings at 1 a.m. <laughs> because then your body will remind you why you don't do that. Uh, so physical changes are, are pretty interesting and they can be pretty demoralizing as well, especially, you know, I gave some lighthearted examples just now, but you, you can be dealing with a disease or with some sickness that alters the entire way that you do life. And it's demoralizing in the sense that you are trying to reconcile your body now with what it used to be, the things you used to be able to do, the things you used to be able to eat. And you now have a negative response to those things. You have to completely change the way that you live your life. So uh, on the negative side, physical changes can absolutely be pretty uh, rough to deal with. However, on the flip side, and this kind of goes back to the self-imposed changes, uh, you can maybe have the opposite experience where you realize you let yourself go for a while and then you make a change and you get to a point where you you're in great shape. You have more energy than you used to. So positives and negatives, but that's another category. The third category I have here is relational changes. So this would be your friends, making new friends, losing friends. Maybe you have long-time friends, but your friendship dynamic has changed over the years because of just different competing priorities in life. Uh, you Maybe your role in the family changes. You become an aunt or an uncle. You, get, you become a godparent or a step-parent. Um, let's see, what else? You have family members that pass away. Uh, maybe you're single and you start dating, getting into a relationship, then you get engaged and get married and then the kids come. So relational, there's a whole bunch to be said for this category, of course, but that's another type of change. And then lastly, I have environmental changes. So these, I'm really talking about your personal world, your environment. So this could involve getting a new job, having to move states or countries even, uh, you have maybe new dreams that come up or you decide to change your career path. So all types of things going on here. And of course, after having uh, listed all those, we can come back to the fact that change covers a lot of territory. So that's why I wanted to establish this baseline before we jump into the meat of the discussion in just a moment. Now, while all of these different types of changes might on the surface seem unrelated, they do have one underlying factor in common. And that's that any one of these changes can trigger some type of anxiety in us. Then the million dollar question is, why? And to answer this, I want to start by just talking about routines. So we all probably have some type of daily routine. And the benefit to these is that they can help us streamline things as we go about our day. Routines bring peace. They can bring order, stability, comfort, and they even allow us to go on autopilot sometimes. Now, when I say autopilot, I don't mean that we just turn, we, that we um, 
are going through the motions, although that is absolutely something that can happen after following an established routine. But when I say autopilot, I'm talking about the fact that we can get up and go through our day without having to think too hard about what's coming up on our schedule. And we like that. It's a comfortable place to be. We There's some element of predictability there. So for my routine, for example, I usually work out, then I shower, get dressed, make my lunch, and by that time, I'm ready to leave for work. I go to work, come home, make dinner, uh, watch TV, and then I jump into study time, and then it's time to go to bed before I know it. So usually 9.30 or 10 is when I try to aim for uh, being in bed. And then I rinse and repeat. So this is how most days go for me. And all of this is to say that we are creatures of habit. So if you're listening, you probably can go through your routine pretty easily if you had to describe it to someone. Uh, generally speaking, because I know there's some of us out there that maybe, uh, maybe our routines aren't quite as rigid as mine. But generally speaking, we don't like it when things disrupt our plans or cause us to have to do something different. <laughs> um. When change is introduced, whether it's by us or by an outside party, we are put in an uncomfortable position because we have to adapt to something new. And what used to be familiar, what used to be predictable, what used to be a source of comfort for us has been taken away and it's no longer there to provide stability. Now, adapting to new changes uh, usually comes with some type of sacrifice. And all of the examples of change that I started off the episode with, you can go through each one of those and identify some sacrifice required. In my parents' case, with switching to veganism, they sacrificed a whole lot of things. They had to find alternatives to a lot of the familiar comfort foods that they grew up with and that they've been eating for most of their adult lives. Uh, Physical changes, again, if we look at the negative side of those, um, you have to change the way that you um, do your do life. Like maybe there's some things that you can't participate in any, anymore or eat anymore. Uh, relational changes, that comes with some emotional uh, pain sometimes and emotional sacrifices. Like you have to, if you're taking on a new role in your family, then you, you have to step away from what you used to do or what your old role was and take on some more responsibility. Environmental changes, career changes, Uh, The sacrifice there, maybe you have to move away from what was familiar and what was comfortable, and you have to adjust to a whole new work dynamic, new new, uh, co-workers, new work culture. So all of these areas come with some level of sacrifice. This brings us to Ecclesiastes 3, so getting into the word here, and Ecclesiastes 3 verses, I believe it's 1 through 8, talks about how there's a time for everything. There's a time for every activity under heaven. And when we, when Ecclesiastes refers to time, it's not talking specifically about a defined moment when things happen, but more it's the idea of seasons. It's capturing this idea that there are seasons for activities or for, uh, like one example is there's a, there's a time for mourning and there's a time for dancing. There's a time for um, sowing and there's a time for harvesting. And our lives operate in seasons, so there's always there's a defined point in time. Of course, we don't always know what this is, or I think maybe we never know what it is. <laughs> well, maybe that's not true. There, there's probably some uh, seasons of life where it's easier to see the defined start and end point. But uh, regardless, we have our, our lives kind of cycle through this uh, seasonal, um, seasonal behavior, seasonal patterns. 
One way to look at this or one example is if we look at the relational perspective, you have a single season and then you get, you start dating, then you get married while you're married. Maybe for a while, it's just you and your spouse. Then you guys have kids. And when your kids come, then they go through different, your family goes through different seasons. So you have your kids as babies, then they're elementary school, middle school, high school, young adults, etc. And that's, I think the family unit is a, is a great example of how seasons work in our lives. And with seasons, because there's, because they come to an end, we are often faced with this tension that accompanies change. And the tension comes from grieving the old and trying to embrace the new. And we usually are trying to work through these feelings at the same time. So on the one hand, we're excited for what's coming, or maybe we're not. I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes change just sucks (laughs) and it's inconvenient and it's messy. But on the one hand, we are trying to step into this new season or or a a new challenge, new activity that's come up. And at the same time, we are trying to hold on to the old and we're, we're trying to grieve it, (laughs) uh, knowing that it's going to come to an end, but we're not ready to let go. And so it's important for us to grieve the old. That's a point that I really wanted to make here. Because if we don't do this, we risk stepping into the new thing that God has for us with resentment and bitterness about what we're moving on from, or what we've lost, what what we're perceiving to have lost. So the consequence of stepping into the new season with this attitude is that we can't enjoy the new for what it is. So I'm sure all of us, uh, any anyone uh, listening to this right now, we've all had plenty of, of hard seasons or times when you know we could tell something was coming to an end, but we just weren't ready to walk away from it, but we knew that we had to. So it's that back and forth, that tension. A few personal examples for me, I mean, one that jumps up to the top of my mind is uh, my parents' divorce. My parents were married for 20 years before they got divorced. So I grew up uh, in this family unit and, you know, for most of my uh, childhood, all of my childhood and into my young adult years, you know, I had one family unit that I'd come to know and love. And then my parents got divorced and it was, that was really hard to deal with um, emotionally and just spiritually from, from a lot of different angles there. And so of course, obviously I grieved my old family unit, but then, you know, my, uh, God brought my bonus dad, as, as we like to call him, into the picture. And for the past six years, um, it's just been totally transformational how our, how how he's restored our family unit and just uh taught me taught all of us different things about his grace and his uh, his restoration power and his healing power um so i had to I, I couldn't get stuck in the fact that you know oh man my parents are going through a divorce and not to make light of it but it was hard but then i had to learn how to uh grieve that and move on, embrace what was coming next. Another common, um, I guess another common example is graduating from college, because I know I have some college students listening in on this. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that come with that, right? So it, that's, that's, a, that's a big transition period. And one thing that you know, people don't really tell you about graduating from college, because everyone is so eager. I have a lot of students that want to get out in three years or get out as fast as they can. But one thing that no one really prepares you for is that there, there's a big emotional adjustment there that comes with finishing college, right? You have, on the one hand, you're free. You don't have any more homework, no more classes. But 
it's a trade-off. I mean, you you start to see your friends move away. You you become long-distance friends. Uh, you got to find a job. <laughs> you you start adjusting to working. Maybe by this point, you also move out of your parents' house and start to be on your own. So it's a, a big roller coaster of emotions and a lot of opportunity to grieve the old and try to embrace the new at the same time. Right. So this tension between old and new, I believe, is what makes change so uncomfortable a lot of the time is we're trying to do both. <laughs> and I, and we should do both. It's, it's not good to just um, try to stuff down your feelings about the change and just walk into the new. Like, no, you should embrace that. You should be able to confront and be honest with yourself about your feelings and how you're processing the change. Another spiritual principle I want to bring up about change is uh, anchored in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And this passage, I'm paraphrasing, but it talks about how God takes us from glory to glory. Now, what does that mean? Over the process of our lives, when you become a believer, you go through something called sanctification. And this means that we we spend our lives being transformed uh, to to conform to the image of Christ. So the the longer we walk with Jesus, the further along we get in our relationship with him, the more we should look like him. Is you know assuming that we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and and do do his work to transform us from the inside out. So this goes back to the idea of change, right? We have to change to be conformed to the image of Christ. And that means that old habits, relationships, thought patterns, lifestyles, these all have to be eliminated or corrected so that we can realize our true identity in Christ. And this is why it takes a lifetime. Imagine if we got saved and God just snapped his fingers and instantly we were you know, made into the person he created us to be in full. I mean, that would be wonderful, but that would also be pretty disorienting, Right. Uh, you, you're one way uh, one day, and then the next day you're you know, totally new. You wouldn't even know what to do with that. And obviously, if God designed it to work that way, then we would just adjust and, and get used to it. But rather, God chooses to take his time with us. He's patient with us, and he's long-suffering. So that's why our sanctification process takes a lifetime. You know, as long as we're still living and breathing, there's something that in us that needs to be corrected or, or challenged or worked out. There's ungodly behaviors or desires that God is working on. And so that's why this is this takes a lot of time. <laughs> Some people, um, obviously we all you know, pass on at different times, but the idea here is that it's not going to be an overnight process. And so this is why our, our life, you know, this is why I believe uh, one reason our life works in seasons is because we have to have that time to be changed, to, to be influenced, um, and just to develop relationships with different people, uh, so that we can, they can speak something into us or, uh, show us something that we need to help us grow closer to Christ and be conformed to his image. After all this, I think we are ready to address the original question. How should we deal with change? The first thing I would say is that we have to be honest with ourselves and with God about our feelings and how we're processing the change. If we're excited about the change, we need to lean into that. If we're scared, we need to confess that. And if we're angry or in shock about the change that's been brought about, we need to confront that. It's okay to have emotions. I just did an episode about this a couple, um, maybe about a month ago, 
about emotions and God. Emotions are not the enemy. <laughs> we just need to learn how to channel them in a healthy way so that we don't act out in sin. But having emotions about change, obviously, of course, we're going to be sad when when someone when our family member passes away. Of course, we're going to be in, in shock um, when. Ooh, I don't know. What's a, what's an example there? I'll, I'll let you fill in the blank. But <laughs> of course, our emotions are going to inform how we respond to the change. Right? We're human. Uh, the second thing I would say is that you know we need to talk with people in our lives who can relate or who can offer some encouragement at the very least. Having conversations with people is key. There's all of us, as I mentioned earlier, are going to go through some type of change. And we're constantly being transformed, being changed. And so we need to be able to talk to someone. And there's a lot of people out there who have walked through what we've walked through. And so it's good to find someone in your community or in your family even, or, or just in your circle who can relate in a way that maybe someone else couldn't or can't and have that conversation with them. And the third thing I would say is put your trust in God. That sounds really simple, sounds really easy, but it's, I can assure you it's not. <laughs> and if you're a believer listening to this, you know that it's not easy to trust God sometimes. But after we've, we've uh, tried to process through the change and, and, we're, we're trying to work through it and we're not sure what to do. That's We need to just come back to, God, I trust you. I don't know what you're doing here, but I'm going to trust that you are all-knowing and that you you know what you're doing. Now, I'll throw in a little caveat here. Everything I just listed, that this isn't a linear process, right? So it's not that, okay, first be honest with yourself. Then you're going to go talk to people. Then you're going to go tell God that you trust him. No, <laughs> it's it's not that linear, right? You might decide at the beginning, okay, God, I trust you with this, but then later on you start having some you know, feelings and then you decide you're going to find someone to talk to, or maybe you start off with the conversations with other people and then you decide you're going to go to God in prayer and uh, just let him know that you trust him. And then lastly, you decide to be honest with yourself. So, right, we're, we're constantly cycling through these things in different orders and maybe even all at the same time as well. So clearly there's not one distinct or correct way to deal with change, but as believers, we should let our faith in God inform the way that we respond to changes. We don't want to fall apart and be overcome with emotion to the point that we can't function, right? But, you know, God is here. He's He's with us. He never leaves or forsakes us, and He's here to see us through everything. Uh, good and bad, hard and easy, right? Rough and smooth, so... I hope this blesses you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in and um, feel free to to uh, message me on, on social media with any other episode suggestions or comments, questions, areas of clarification. And um, I thank you guys for your support and I look forward to catching you in the next one. Peace.